Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This programme was previously broadcast live on Love Sport Radio, so some items may be out of date. For more podcasts or to listen live, visit lovesportradio.com. listening to the West Ham Fan Show on Love Sport Radio with me, Charlie Hawkins, joined in the studio with We Are West Ham, and it is a full house tonight. Funny how it's a full house when West Ham finally get a victory, first in nine. What a time to get those three points, playing Southampton on the weekend. We're going to be talking all about that, looking towards the game with Arsenal on the weekend, and of course, those protests that did take place, and we would never miss it. It is the Rogue West Ham Players Quiz coming up at the end of the show with the scores tied 9-9 and 27 each on game points. Unbelievable. James Jones folding before our very own eyes. Well, in the studio tonight, it is James Jones, Will Pugh and Tom Edwards, the return of TE. But we have to start at the very top, James. It was Southampton on the weekend and it was full utter class. Three points. Back to business. Don't brush over the, the big story of the week, though, Charlie. You capitulate. That's a bit of a mug-off, actually. I was thinking that. Don't brush over the big one. Me, me and Will going a little bit big time at the, on Sunday. Oh, mate. excuse me. We're mainstream me. now, aren't yeah, we? Yeah, you are, mate. That's, if I'm honest, that's why I chose not to acknowledge it. I thought, play it down, because ego's in check. Ego's in check. <laughs> you want to hold on to us, don't yeah, you? Yeah, of course, yeah, mate. Yeah. Treat them in, keep them keen, and I'm trying to keep you lot keen. To be honest as well, me and James are exactly the sort of people mm. who would just drop you like a stone if I any you would. half mm. opportunity that seems better no, comes yeah, along. Definitely, mate. I also found I mean, it I, strange. I, I, I almost considered it the weekend, actually. Yeah. Well, you sent the running order three hours late. You were signing autographs for Tom. I found it strange <laughs> that you, you signed it on his forehead, a word that we can't really say on air. But it looks good, Tom. looks good. But you two now, fully blown TV stars. 
Yeah, yeah. If, if any of the listeners haven't seen it yet, I mean, it's still available on uh, on iPlayer. <laughs> on your Sky um, Plus box. <laughs> match the day two on on Sunday night. We uh, Will and I did a bit of filming before before and after the game. Took a little journey down back to Ken's Cafe, we didn't we, Ken's on Green Caff. Street? Yeah, and it was it was a real blast in the past. Wasn't cliche or anything, the Ken's Cafe. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, but it was it was good fun. Wasn't it was it? great it was fun. Good yeah, fun. Yeah, it was yeah. a bit wet, but it was good fun. And we got interrupted by the Finland, the Helsinki Hammers, who'd booked out Ken's Cafe for an all day party afterwards, didn't we? They were having a pre Southampton match party. What a place to party! <laughs> yeah, but we know we, it was good fun, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, Sunday night on the on iPlayer. If anyone wants to have a look at it, you missed it already. You can still go back and have a look. Just chatting about West Ham, the board, out, the watch games. Out, watch out for our cold. I look at the end. Yeah, James's post-match segment <laughs> is, is something to behold. I'll be honest. What was it? An hour and a half? You'd been waiting hour by and that half. time. Apparently, they waited for Mark Noble before they could film me. Like he's more important. I mm. mean, what's going on there? But Ridiculous. I was freezing, and uh, finally, film. I filmed for a good ten, fifteen minutes, and then uh, they used about ten seconds of that interview at the end, and I looked so cold, man. <laughs> T- typical TV, making you wait around. But how did it even come about? Because the fact that they chose you to do it, pretty special, though. Yeah, I'll be honest. Like, I it's a sort of applaud it too, and a thanks to everyone who who listens at home as well. I think the su- success of what we've been doing the last, well, certainly this season, the last year or so now, we, we've been at we are West Ham. I think just got recognised. You got they got in touch with you, didn't they? In the yeah, week? I mean it's quite lucky because uh, they they emailed me an email address which I really I really check. Mm-hmm. And I just happened to check it. I think it was Thursday, maybe. And I thought I'll just check sort the emails are saying. Trap email in the in in the email, and suddenly it was like. Hi, James. You want to do some filming for Match of the Day 2 at the weekend? We really love you and Will on board. Boom. There you there go. It's funny they didn't mention you, Charlie. I mm. don't know if that was a personal Well, I was going to say funny they didn't mention Tom, but if you want to <laughs> bring it over to me, Tom's clearly trying contract, to get back in mate. the fold tonight. I've already got tonight. a contract, mate. Trying to get back in the fold. Well, you was hanging around talking about the game, you big TV stars. Let's talk about it for these poor little radio airwaves. Southampton on the weekend, three points, three goals, and a brilliant performance, James. Yeah, exactly what what we've been looking for 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 uh, the last well, nineteen years, all, all season, <laughs> really. Yeah, um, yeah. It was, I mean, it was kind of half expected in a way. You know, I mean, I was saying last week and and before the game that you had to take a lot of positives from that Liverpool that Liverpool performance and think, well, you know, if they can, they've proven uh, Liverpool scoring two goals at Anfield uh, that they can go, they can play that way. But he couldn't. He couldn't change that philosophy at home against a Southampton side. That yeah, okay, they've been on the up recently, but um, but you know it was a great opportunity for us to get some points on the board at home, and and he didn't. Okay, he made some changes to starting eleven, but they were positive changes. Bringing Jared Bowen in the starting eleven, I think he showed enough at, when he came off the bench at Anfield to really warrant that. And um, yeah, I mean it was just it was just a really positive performance. You know, within five or ten minutes, you could tell that you know we were up for it and we were probably going to go on and win the game. And um, it's a performance and a result which, you know, I, I, I couldn't remember the last time we experienced something like that. It was quite nice. And, um, you know, the problem now is that they've got to follow that through. And it's a big game this weekend. Yeah, it is. I think we got a chance there. So, like you said, it was the front four, I think, for me, was the most impressive thing. Yeah. Sticking two up there, Antonio and Haller, they look great. Even for Bowen's goal, the movement from both of them to take the centre-halves away and leave that space for Bowen was top draw, I think. We're just a better side when we're more positive. We can't rely on our back six, so to speak, the midfield and a back four to keep teams out and hit them on the counter. We've got to be assertive. And I think that's the that's the way to go forward. I think what we did at Anfield and what we did on Saturdays is, is our mantra going forward. And fair play to Moyes for picking that more positive team. 
I think I agree. I think he's been forced into it, isn't mm. he? To be honest, because what you just said that it, it goes against playing like that, like we did at Anfield and on the weekend, goes against Moyes' natural football instincts. Isn't Susek he? was probably a big loss for that as well. Yeah, actually. but what I mean is Moyes is, is very he's a defensive manager, isn't he? He mm. likes to build on sound organisation. That's that's the sort mm. of football he plays. And I think he's just come into West Ham. That's what he sort of did straight away, didn't it? And realised exactly what you said there, Tom. Actually, these. I can't rely on these defenders and all the midfield gets overrun regularly. So I've just got no choice, even though it might not be what comes naturally to me. I've just got to attack games and hope we win 4-3 because we are going to let goals in every week. James, we spoke about the lack of service for Sebastian Haller and maybe, you know, we're not seeing the best of him. He's not playing in the right system. How much did it help him playing that two up top and feeding off uh, Antonio? Well, I mean, how many times have we said this season um, that... The, re- the reason why Haller put himself in a position that he was last summer in terms of get earning a move to the Premier League was because he was scoring goals playing alongside another striker in, in Bundesliga. So then we sign him and we play him up top and we isolate him for, for six months and then everyone's like, well, what was the point of signing him? The moment we put him up front with a striker, he scores a goal and then looks busy and you know he looks effective. Mm. He looks like the £40 million striker that we signed. Mm. Um, so that's the way forward for me now. It, I mean, it's made a massive difference to his game. He looks a lot more confident throughout. Even off the ball, he looked confident. He was making runs. Um, he looked busy. Uh, and that's what you want from a striker that you spent that much money on. You know, We spent ages trying to find a striker. And then we finally got one. And then we didn't play to his strengths until we get into a relegation battle. So hopefully David Moyes continues doing that. I think he was named in the uh, the Premier League Player of the Week as well. I think he got something mm. in, in whatever ratings they do. He got like a, a near-perfect score, mm. I think, for his all-round game yeah. as well as that. He's, I must admit, it is easy to to say that. But we're, like, if you throw in two up front, you do, like, you... What's the word? You The balance of the team is then off, isn't it? Of course Especially it is, yeah, at the back. Yeah. And I think it's... I think it's okay to do it against teams like Southampton and Watford, Bournemouth, Brighton, whoever's going to be around that bottom half. But we did play a different style to that at Liverpool, didn't we? Do you know what I mean? You you can only... I think it's all very well saying, oh, we should should have Haller. But really, when we're playing one up front, which we still need to do against bigger teams because our defence isn't good enough to leave exposed with just four at the back, for example, and more only one holding midfield player... Really, you you can't have Haller as the one up front on his own. You need Antonio for that because he's that all-rounder. Like we used to speak about Arnautovic. The reason Arnautovic worked as one up front because he could do everything, couldn't he? He could run yeah. in behind, win a header, hold the ball up, bring other people into play. Haller's not that player, is he? Really? Yeah, he's just different in the sense. That, I mean, I think he could if we've got players around him. Bowen, even Anfield in his little cameo running off the wing. I think he, that, that run we're going to see a lot of the one he scored with against Southampton. He likes that, bringing on his left foot, and he's a tidy finisher. It's a great finish, by the way, that... And I think Haller can do the job. We just need to make sure bodies are around him. But I, I don't think we would have got the joy we did against Liverpool if it was Haller and not Antonio. So I think there's, we can't. We just got to be persistent with him because he will score goals. He's got seven and twenty-eight or something. It's not too bad, is it? Yeah, I, th- I think you're bang on. I, mean, I think Bowen is is the real key here. I think you know a lot of people were frustrated that he didn't get the start at City and he didn't get he didn't get the start at Liverpool. But that run he made uh, at the end of Liverpool, where he almost mm. scored that one-on-one. Um, almost identical run against Southampton he scores the goal and he scored that, that sort of goal so many times for Hull and when you we haven't had a player like that making those runs all season um, even Antonio really doesn't you know really makes those runs um, and Haller won't make those runs because he's not that type of striker so even if you are playing Haller up top 
you can still use him to his advantage to then get Bowen into the game because Bowen will make those runs in behind and Haller can then be quite disruptive and sort of pull defenders out of the way. So I think Bowen is the key in getting the best out of um, getting the best out of Haller. And Will, what is it with Southampton? I mean, obviously you've done the double over them this year, but dating now the past five league games for Southampton, West Ham have beaten them. Why do they have this hold when it comes to the team on the South Coast? I'm not sure. I'm lucky enough to sit opposite a Southampton fan at work, and he said the same thing. He said, you're playing the worst football I've ever seen you play for years, but I knew going into the game we would not beat you because we just never, ever beat you. I, I think it's just one of those teams. Every team has them, don't they, where? We're normally yeah. that team to other teams. Yeah. Where we never have brilliant, teams. <laughs> brilliant West Ham are coming to town. I think Southampton are just one of those for us, aren't they? Where mm. we, we sort of always feel confident going into games. We put them to the sword earlier in the season when you know when it, just as the wheels were starting to come off, really, wasn't it? And no, I think the the main thing from the weekend though that I take from all of that, which I think is hugely important, West Ham are still top of the table. I'm droning on about it for weeks now, but we're still top of the table for points thrown away from winning positions and. And as soon as we went one new up, they're all the people that, who who mates of mine I was getting texts saying I've just had a fiver on Southampton, just had a tenner on Southampton. And to be honest, from a betting standpoint, you go, yeah, fair enough, that seems pretty sensible. And as soon as they got went one all, you think, oh no, here we go. But I think the fact that for the first time this season, or not the first time, but do you know what I mean, they the players dug in and went, no, right, we're not having this. That for me is the biggest, the most important thing to take from that from that game because we've gone ahead in plenty of games this year and then just collapsed the fact that we've gone no we've had a peg back it's one all no we are winning this game this is our game and and we took it from now I think that's huge I think the key key there was actually going back ahead before half time because if yeah. they had gone into that if they had gone into half time at one all having gone gone ahead yeah, again so true. being pegged back and they've got 15 minutes to dwell about it and talk about it I think that would have been that might it may have been a different result, but to get that second goal and it was a you know really well worked goal from Haller, you know he made his own luck. Um, that means they go into that that fifteen minute break going right, okay, you know we're back in front, you know we've just got to you know be a little bit sensible and protect the lead a little bit, but try and get a third and push further ahead, and that's what they did. Um, so maybe that change of mentality allowed us to to really push for a second, whereas previously we were we were going one new up, it was going one all. And then they were like, what do we do? Um, so, yeah, I think it was important to, to get that second before half time. Tom, Will spoke about that grit, that desire to actually kick in and say, no, let's carry on fighting, let's get back into the game. It's all well and good in that game. How do West Ham sustain that now going forward and use it as a catalyst to carry on picking up points? I think it's exactly that. Use this game as confidence. The last week, in fact, we were good up at Liverpool. We were good against Southampton. We showed a lot of heart in both games coming from 1-0 down against Liverpool to go 2-1 up. I know we threw it away in the end, but... Not many teams get back in against it when Liverpool go in the lead at the minute and we did that and we look very good and we look good value for it. So I think take confidence from that, take confidence from Southampton and keep, like we said, be a positive team because we aren't going to keep clean sheets but as long as we're front-footed and we're not sitting back and letting teams hit us at will, we'll be, we're a decent side. Look at that front four, they're all good players and we can hurt any team. Well, the mentality has changed. I won't use that phrase because James won't let me but there is a positive <laughs> attitude in the studio. We're going to be talking about the protest though on the weekend and Tony Cotty not ruling himself out of a future takeover bid. Love Sports. You're listening to the West Ham Fan Show on Love Sport Radio with me, Charlie Hawkins. Joined in the studio with We Are West Ham, James Jones, Will Pugh and Tom Edwards, a full trio of talent in the building tonight. And we're talking about a full trio of goals and three points as well on the weekend. A hat-trick all round. 
just moving away from the game a little bit now because we want to talk about something that happened before the game, afterwards. Obviously, the protest still going on. James, you know a little bit more about this. We've spoken about it at length. What was the atmosphere and the mood like and the environment on the weekend? So I was a little bit worried before the game. Um, I mean, we were talking about how we we wanted it to be peaceful and, you know, everyone wanted it to be a peaceful protest. Um, and I was in one or two pubs before the game and, you know, it, you know, it did seem like a, a pretty jovial atmosphere at first. Um, and then, you know, I was in one pub where someone had set off a smoke bomb in the middle of a pub, um, which wasn't great. It's not really a pub that's normally that way inclined. It's not, either, is no. It? And, you know, I mean... You could tell it was used as a meeting place for a lot of people that were going to the protest. You know, you could see the the GSB out banners everywhere, and people had stickers on. A few people had um, face masks, you know, uh, with the GSB sticker over the front. You know, that coronavirus thing, uh, which I thought was quite funny. Um, but at the end of the day, like the moment you set off a, a smoke a smoke bomb in the middle of a pub. Uh, where there are a lot of a lot of fans in there. That, don't get me wrong. I mean, there's a lot of fans that are going to be that were going to that game. That you know support the reasons behind the march but didn't want to get involved in the march for whatever reason or couldn't or whatever and then suddenly they're getting caught up in in that and then obviously the police were called and you know there was you know i, I didn't I, I heard of a little bit of um you know there was a bit of a few arguments between some fans and stuff like that. i don't think it really went that far but after seeing all that i was like nah. Uh, this, I mean, I even text you. I was like, I don't think this is this is not going to go the way we all hoped it would. But in fairness, I think it was an isolated incident, and um, you know the report since and all the pictures and the videos since. I think it was a really, really positive march. It was a positive protest. Um, I think we certainly got the message across to to the powers that be at the football club. And yeah, I mean, mo- no way they could miss it. Is there? Definitely not. I mean, it was you know it match was, the, it was yeah. on our segment on Match Today. Um, it's been all over the BBC, all over Sky Sports, all over Twitter. Um, so, in the end, it was a really, really positive um, and effective march for me. Um, and you know, we've got the message across now. So, you know, hopefully they they'll listen. To, to be honest, I mean, there was I think one the one thing that or like the main difference, if you like, from last time, the one before the Everton game, wasn't it? Which was more just a, a small gathering, wasn't it, near the swimming pool at? Mm on the Olympic Park and there was arg- arguments afterwards or discussions about how many people were at that. I think the, it's between 900 and 2,000, but there were thousands of people on the weekend. I think the one report that I've seen or the, the figure I've seen come up the most seems to be 7,000 people. Yeah, yeah, the yeah. club fired back though, didn't they? And said it was 2,000, it was 2,500. That's what I've heard everyone think that saying might, about this 7,000. That might have been the original one. Right, I think okay. the, the original one was the... There was definitely more than 2,000 people. There was more than 2,000 people, that's for sure. I mean, the, I think what one thing that was interesting interesting because uh, to be honest it goes right by my flat or like one of the main like dragways where a lot of people were walking but I think what James has said there really there's and unless you're inherently against the idea of fans protesting there's no criticism you can have of that movement is no. there unless you are just one of those people who thinks the idea of fans protesting is wrong in the first place other than that, you can't have any complaints. There's been very, or no, I haven't seen any reports of any arrests or anything like that. Like James said, early on it seemed to be just in where you were. Yeah. Might have been a little bit like that, but you can't complain. 7,000 people made mm. their 
made their feelings known and mm. that that bit's fine but from from on the face of it with that many people there's mm. there's been very few or no reports of any uh, disturbances exactly what you needed if you were going to do that yeah i quite like the way we worded it just where you were james that was where <laughs> that was where there was a couple yeah, of was discussions there. going <laughs> around him twitter problems social media once again tom i'm unbelievably behind the the movement as a whole and like they like that said it was I didn't hear any rumours of any fights, any breakouts, any issues with police. And the more numbers we get, the more the message gets across. And if we keep doing it like that, we got, we're doing it in a way where we will get noticed in the right reasons and mainstream media will take on the story rather than leaving it because it's an aggressive thing. Well, they did this week. Exactly, yeah. that's what I mean. And, it, and the more that happens, that's clearly what hurts the owners the most, getting the media backlash. We all saw what happened with Sky. And if it, honestly, if we keep doing it in this way and the numbers keep improving and improving... Each week, I think uh, they, we will see something happen. I will think we'll see something happen. I think the most important thing after such a positive march and protest outside the ground, it wasn't then brought inside the ground because you know that the, the main message was you know back the team, not the regime, sort of thing. And uh, and you know there is that worry that you know if you go one nil down early on, or like very similar to the Bernie thing a couple of years ago, where it was meant to be a peaceful march. I know there were mitigate, mitigating factors around how that transpired that Burnley game but then it all went a little bit sour um, but the fans inside the stadium were absolutely superb whether they marched or not it, the, the atmosphere was brilliant so it was really good to see that the moment the fans walked into that stadium it was right get behind the team and I think that's one of the most important factors about it even with their flags getting it that for me was the another little thing the owners for health and safety reasons said no one could bring flags in which is again censorship of course no other ground in the country had that um, but they took away all the banners, no, no West Ham banners, no GSB banners, which you're clearly getting to them. And that, that's the most important thing of this movement and things like that. It's just petty. And that's what else can we expect from them? But I thought that was poor. No, I just I just think the the whole thing, like James said there, what about the not, you know, backing the team once you're in the ground? I, I, a lot of people around me nearby and since have spoken to and they've, you know, fans of other clubs have said, oh, yeah, but if you'd have gone 2-0 down, I think, yeah, well, you know what? Yeah, probably, probably. You don't know. You can't speculate anyway. But the the fact is, people are still allowed to be angry at the team if the team aren't playing well. Really, what what I think all of this, people are allowed to be angry. People are allowed to feel how they like. Whether whether like say Tom's mm. said he's fully behind the 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 movement. Now you've got other people who who do think are probably more the silent majority, not majority. Sorry, the uh, a silent section. I think the the people who want the board out are obviously the the louder, more vocal ones. There might be, I haven't heard too many of them or spoke to too many, there are undoubtedly some who just think, no, I just want to go to the football and watch my team, whatever they're doing. I don't want to be involved in any of this stuff. And I just think that ultimately these fans, people who are doing it, as long as they're doing it within the, the law, which it seemed that's what happened at the weekend... All these people want is they want the best for their football club. No one, I've heard, from whatever side of this argument you come at, no one is doing it because they want the club to die or they want the club to go down or they want the club to get worse. They, Everyone's doing it because they want the best for their football club. Sure, yeah. everyone's got different ideas about how that works, but ultimately that's what it boils down to. Whether you're one of the protesting ones, whether you're one of the ones that gathered at the gate or whether you're just one of the ones who go and keep your head down and don't want to get involved in all this and would rather it go away, don't care who's in charge and just want to watch your team, everyone in that stadium on the weekend wants their best for West Ham United. 
Yeah, wants the best for West Ham. James, not what's the end goal, because we know what the fans hope is the end goal, but what's the solution? Where does this, this problem resolve? Because it's not just, you know, we can carry on doing the protest, but what really happens next? I mean, it's a, it's a great question. Million-dollar question. It's, yeah. a, it's a million-dollar question, and it's a very open-ended question as well, because, you know, I mean, there are so many things that can be done... Um, Obviously, the end goal, as you say, is everyone wants it. Everyone wants, you know, the owners to to put the club up for sale and, and eventually sell up. Where I think, you know, realistically, I don't think that's going to happen anytime soon. But, you know, just positive changes in terms of the way that the club's being run, in terms of, you know, um, structure, in terms of vision. Uh, it's all very well saying, you know, oh, we, we could be in the Champions League in five years' time. But unless you actually put a, an actual structure, an actual vision... Uh, in place, then that's never going to happen. And suddenly you're breaking promises to fans, whether you meant to or not. You can't make promises to fans without putting the foundations in place to try and actually deliver those promises. Uh, and that's not what's happened at West Ham United. And that's why the fans are annoyed. Um, if the club had made these promises, put the foundations in place and then failed, there'd be a little bit more leeway in terms of how the fans are feeling, but that's not how it's happened. So just if they're not going to sell up, change the way they're running the football club to uh, you know bring in some football men to, to do it for them because at the moment it's not working just quickly uh, on that I think it's really interesting when you've said about what's the, the next step if for, for a minute uh, if we're all not being facetious and not you know jumping straight to ah oh, well you know what they're like none of that sort of stuff if you were uh, try and put yourself or us free now in the shoes of Gold, Sullivan and Brady. Gold and Sullivan in particular, because, you know, Brady is sort of an, in, a well-paid employee nonetheless, but she's just an employee ultimately. It's Gold and Sullivan who mm. have the ultimate call. If you're them, put yourself in their shoes now. What what, what are you thinking? Because for me, whilst all this I think is is good and, you know, it's again, like I've said just now, it's fans venting their feelings and wanting best for their football club. That's what's going on at the moment. And, Tom, you said that it, it is affecting the board and it gets to the board, and I've mm. no doubt it is. But I think being being a little bit affected mm. or something getting to you, where does that where does that weigh up against the they say a billion pound business asset in reality? Some people say six hundred million in reality. It's probably somewhere between the two. They've got an eight hundred million pound asset there. Do you think if it was me ultimately and looking at it from a really cold point of view, from a, as an outsider? I'd say, well, you know, I'm sure they'd rather not have people mm. protesting out the front. But if I had an £800 million asset there, I think I'd just ride this out until such a time where I didn't have to pay a fee to, I th- think it's the LLDC, mm-hmm. based on the stadium, which I think the, the stadium clause expires in alongside David Moyes' contract in around 18 months' time. And that's when they don't have to pay that fee if they sell the club while they've still got that mm. stadium agreement. Really, as much as all this is nice, I, I am a little bit concerned that I think, yeah, ultimately they're just going to, well, I just want to ride this out because I, mm. all this is annoying, but I can sell it for 800 the, million the, quid the fa- in 18 months. The fans expect them to do that as well. Yeah. But, you know, that amount of time is a long time in football. Um, so they've got to start putting some kind of process or structure in place. One, to make the club saleable for a start and attractive, attractable to, to investors. And, you know, and, you know, everyone's talking about you know, rich owners, they're not, they're gonna they're gonna take one look mm. at us, do their due diligence and just go, nah, actually you're right. So they got they mm. need to they need to start putting those processes in place. Otherwise they're not gonna get the money they want for the football club, whether it's eight hundred million or, or or even close to that. So 
yeah, I think we're, we're all in agreement that, you know, they're probably riding that bit out. But they're not going to get the money they want for it unless they actually start putting the work in now. That's what I was like, oh, that's exactly it. And it might, right now, £800 million asset or close to a billion, whatever they say it is, but we won't be that club if we lose the fans and then we lose the fans anyway. It's clearly a lot of fans I know have been going for years and years and years. They packed it in this year just because of the disconnect. And if loyal, hardcore fans have been going up and down the country for so long as stopping going, I don't think we're an attractive proposition for the tourist fans to, like Chelsea, Stamford Bridge to pack it out. I think if our attendance just start to plummet and we become a less attractive club as a, for a player for numerous reasons, whatever it is, and because they stop caring about what the most in people pers- pe- the most in people important people at the club, yeah, but who mate, are the fans. I all right, I agree with you, and mm. this is me being devil's advocate. This isn't saying mm. what I feel. What you've said there about mm. loyal and hardcore fans. Unfortunately, the colour of their money is the same as the tourist fans, isn't it? And I'll make it abundantly clear that's not what I think is right, or mm. I don't agree with that sentiment at all. And I agree that mm. far more care should have been taken for the loyal, more traditional fans, if you like. But ultimately, as mm. business owners, that that's what they're worried about, isn't it? And I, think, I know that's I hard think, one for mm, us all to swallow, but that is, isn't it? But that's not a problem exclusive to West Ham United. That's a Absolutely. problem. Yeah, like, that, that, that's, 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 a, that's yeah. a problem all over the Premier League, all over the world, really. But you can do more, can't you? Liverpool, the Liverpool owners, for example, absolutely you know, obscene wealth, especially in comparison to. Gold Sullivan and Brady, but they still look after the people who've been going to Anfield for a long time. They still have tourists left, right and centre mm. in Anfield week in, week mm. out, don't they? But they still make sure that that core of fans are looked after. And mm. there are clubs who do it. And I do agree. Mm. I'm just saying that 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 line that gets wheeled out a lot yeah. about the old traditional fans, that's fine. Doesn't but mean everything. Unfortunately, them. if you want to mm. understand the situation, you know, reality, the mm. reality is their colour of their money's the same. I'm I just thinking sorry, last thing, I was just thinking that if we do lose that and lose our identity, I think we become a dis- like an unbelievably different type of club and different proposition. I don't think we will carry on achieving or being in the Premier League as if we lose our sense of identity, which we're quickly doing and fans getting turned away from it who've been going for generations. I think that will be the death of our club. This heart and soul will go in then. I don't mm. know if they have an £800 million business. That was my... Yeah, that's yeah. where these protests were born, saying fans mm. worried they are losing their identity. Such a hot topic tonight, a hot debate. What are you making of it? You can have your say on what you're hearing from James, Will and Tom. Tweet us at Love Sport Radio or call us 0208 70 20 558. We could have done a whole hour on this quite easily once they started talking, but we are going to turn our attentions to Arsenal on the weekend. And Mike Staver is joining us next. This is Love Sport. You're listening to the West Ham Fan Show on Love Sport Radio with me, Charlie Hawkins, joined in the studio by a passionate bunch tonight, Will Pugh, James Jones and Tom Edwards, talking everything all about the protest, but more importantly, that fantastic three points on the weekend, beating Southampton. Will they use this momentum now? Because it is London rivals, Arsenal on the weekend at the Emirates, and a man who we know well and to tell us more is Metro journalist Mike Stavrou. Mike, so good to welcome you back and join us one more Arsenal on the weekend. What are you making of the contest? Oh well, West Ham are a bit of a funny one at the moment, aren't they? Back into a bit of form uh, recently. Uh, I heard you guys talking earlier about the um, the protest. Just, I just want to talk about that. Firstly, I think Arsenal fans could probably learn something from you lot because uh, last summer when we had our uh, cronky out protest, well, I should say, a four pieces of paper were being flitted about, and there was about two hundred people there. So. The fact you guys got about 7,000 plus and you had a clear message, um, yeah, I definitely think Arsenal could learn a bit from that. But yeah, looking towards the game, 
Um, Arsenal have been a bit up and down at the moment. They sort of have a really good result. Uh, like the Newcastle game, we completely, you know, battered them. But then um, they they had a home tie at Olympiacos and they had the away goal. They're in the driving seat and then, yeah, we all know what happens. Um, so I think you can definitely get at us. Uh, we seem to start the game really slow uh, at the beginning. We've just not quite, we can't quite get out of second gear at the moment. Um, so I think definitely you can take the game to us and uh, you'll get something. Basically, just get a set piece and you'll be able to score because we've conceded four set pieces in our last two games. So Ma- there you go. Mike, I was, at, um, I was at the Olympiacos game last Thursday and what a peculiar game of football that was. The, and I, yeah. I watched, uh, watched the Portsmouth game last night as well and it seemed to follow a similar pattern. Obviously, you managed to get the two goals. But it just seems you have loads of the ball, you get it out wide to Pepe, he does four step-overs, the defender knows he's going to switch onto his <laughs> left foot because he hasn't got a right foot, and then you either lose the ball or you give them time to get back. That Olympiacos game, if I was an Arsenal fan, I was surrounded by them, I'd have been so frustrated because you know you had all of the ball. I think it was about 70-odd percent possession by the end yeah. of the game, similar against Portsmouth last night. But you just I don't know what it is, but... It just seems frustrating, a frustrating style of play. Yeah, we're just really lacking creativity at the moment. Um, it's really slow. It's really sort of laboured. So yeah. you're right, when we get the ball to the wingers, and especially Pepe, who is like quite an exciting player, but the guy is on the right-hand side. He's got about four defenders to take on. and like Not even Lionel Messi is going to be able to get to the byline when you've got that many players in front of you. So it's just about putting the players in the right positions. But I think the thing about Arsenal is we're quite imbalanced at the moment. Obviously, you've got our most potent striker. I think he's a Premier League joint top scorer on the left-hand side. Yeah. Um, you've got Lacazette, who can't hit a barn door at the moment and is not holding up the ball. And I, I just think the whole team is not quite clicking. And I think there's going to be a lot of change in the summer. I think Arteta, whether he gets backed or not by the board is one thing. But um, I think you will see a lot of departures. I can see the likes of Lacazette, Ozil, maybe Aubameyang, God help us, all going in the summer, to be honest. Mike, you uh, results haven't been the best under Arteta, but performance-wise, I understand why the fans are backing him. But do you think exiting Europa League and almost now having very little chance of getting oh, Champions League is a pressure? Do you think... No, not, I'm not, not saying pressure. I'm not saying pressure on him as a manager, but I'm saying why... Why has he been afforded these results? Any other manager who'd walked into Arsenal wouldn't have got this. Now at the Europa League... He's got now. Yeah, exactly. It's Unai Emery's team, isn't it? Well, I'm not it's too sure. It's time to go. It's time to go. <laughs> I'm it's not no wonder you're behind the protests. I'm trying to mug him off. I'm tra- Jesus. <laughs> no, I'm being serious. What, what, why is... No, 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 we're unbeaten sorry, in 2020 in the league. No, but where no, are right. Sheffield United, all these teams in front of you? How are you lot happy with that? Because of the start? It's, it's Unai Emery, isn't it? It's Unai Emery. Sorry, Mike, I don't want to talk no, for no. you, but <laughs> I'm just going to throw Tom out the studio. Yeah, no, no, sorry. James has got a question. James, bring a bit of normal. I'm not, not even answering that, so James. Right, too big time now. Hello, too Mike. big time. I'll, gi- I'll give you. A pro- I'll give you a proper question, mate. Um, uh, I'm all holding hands with the Arsenal fans, though, you know. Right. In all seriousness, like yeah. it's been. You know, Arsenal fans would tell you how much of a terrible season it's been. Um, but you know, the introduction of Arteta, who, who is quite <laughs> quite an exciting uh, manager. But then there's a lot of young players in that coming through the team that, you know, a lot of people are saying, well, Aubameyang, his attitude's not right, blah, blah. But you've got, you know, Saka, Nelson, Willock, uh, Willock uh, Nketiah. You know, there's a lot of young, exciting players coming through at Arsenal. You know, there must be, you must be thinking, 
you know, if we can get rid of some of that dead wood, <laughs> if we can get rid of Arteta, <laughs> then dreadful <laughs> question. Then, 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 sure, surely it, it it could be quite exciting at Arsenal once again. Yeah, no, I agree with you, mate. And it showed yesterday on the on the pit. Charlie, get your red card out for Tom, mate. <laughs> you lot have lost it, no, mate. Yeah, no, you're right. He's you're raging. Right. Um, oh. There was so many under 23s in that. I think there was seven players under the age of 23 yesterday when Mate Denard came on. It's it's an exciting time. I think um, my my personal uh, ones that I've because I, I, I watched Eddie quite a lot when he was younger, and I think he's just like got that nose for goal. That he just knows exactly where the goal is. And even like you know when the when the ball is just like kicking off your shin and still going in, it's just it's going for you. That's what it seems to be like at the moment with him. Martinelli's like Klopp said it as well. He's a generational talent. The bloke is unbelievable. The goal he scored against Chelsea. I mean, I'm not seeing a player that of 18 do that. So yeah, you're you're bang on with that. And it sort of leads me to believe that maybe if our star players did go in the summer, then we might actually be all right because I think we're building something for the future and. Tom, I don't want to sort of give you credit by answering your question because I said I didn't, but um, look, he's, a, he's a young manager. No one let me finish he, a question, to be honest with you, so I'll actually finish my question. It wasn't anything oh, to on. do with his, if he's under pressure. I'm just saying, <laughs> does it turn the second half of the season around for you and make it more important in the league rather than sitting there being happy with a home draw against Burnley? Does it change it and mean that you've got to have a chance at Europe, you've got to win some football games and not clap wow. your team off the park after one all draw away at Burnley? <laughs> No, look, I, look I, don't, I, I don't really understand your question, but I'm going to try and answer it anyway. Does it um, make it look, important it for was, Europe, the fact you're out of the Europa League or not? No, look, it was really, it was, it was really boring under Arteta. I think we were all like, he, he, sorry, not under Arteta, under Emery. It was all just so laboured and the players were like, weren't behind him. So to see Arteta, yeah, I think we sort of understand that the results aren't, aren't going well at the moment. And it's a bit up and down, but the guy has never managed before. He's only been a coach. Um, Chelsea are affording Lampard the same sort of you know path to be eventually go on to 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 do well, and he'd be given time to do that. So yeah, I mean, from an outside perspective, I can understand where you're coming from because those people say to me, "Oh, Arsenal are just a bit average; they're not really improved." But I think if you watch it game in, game out, you know we have good good periods where we play. But I think most of all, what he's going to do is just promote those young players that we were talking about. And, um, you know, he's, he's building something for the future. Yeah, and uh, Mike, you know it's coming. What is your score prediction for the weekend? <sighs> um, sorry, guys, but I'm going to go 2-1 to Arsenal. 2-1 prediction he was going for. Mike Stavrou there, Metro journalist. Always good to speak to Mike and get the Arsenal perspective. But next, we will be doing our fan favourite. It is the Mystery Players Rogue West Ham Players Quiz. Love Sport. You're listening to the West Ham Fan Show on Love Sport Radio with me, Charlie Hawkins. Joined in the studio with We Are West Ham, James Jones, Will Pugh, Tom Edwards has gone home. No, he is still <laughs> with us unbelievably. He is trying to... Have seen uh, anyone as angry as that, Charlie? Yeah, you? Scary, scary. It was. It He's was. trying to locate his head because his head is fully <laughs> in the shed. What happened there, Will? He's your mate. I know. He lost <laughs> it. Close personal uh, friend of mine. And then, you know, I thought Tom, Tom knows a lot about football, doesn't he? You know, you've it heard came out all so we thought. <laughs> Yeah, it came out all wrong. I'm head saying rolled, that, though. Your head completely Nick rolled Tata, off. One I of the most promising fans. managers in the Premier League. Oh, God. Unbelievable. <laughs> Don't oh, worry. Mate. It all happened. Listen, I'll it see happens. you outside. But luckily, <laughs> I'll save a day with a serious question. So <laughs> yeah. Well done, Jamesy. Uh, we have to get to it now, though, the important bit. Luckily, Tom's oh, not playing in this quiz because uh, he needs five minutes to himself. Of course, though, it can only be the West Ham Mystery Players Rogue Player Quiz. Oh, 
just means it's just I love that music just means it's here it's finally here the moment of truth for Will Pugh and James Jones well I've already gave you the score update but Will as is tradition so I, what he's, is, he's getting worried he's asked me to turn my phone upside down he's a little Ooh, bit remember yeah. the other week Charlie Will, the I'll be, yeah, Google one last week exactly. it didn't work so <laughs> I, I mean win. yeah <laughs> let, let's be honest Will well, I've already said it but please a score update well Charlie after I was 9-6 down 8-5 down and 4-1 down I've actually managed to claw it back to 9 all on game weeks and the points difference which there was a huge gulf a few weeks ago between me and James as, as everyone knows just to remind everyone it's 9 all on game weeks overall and if it's even on game weeks at the end of the season we're going down to points difference but at the moment it's also 27 all on points difference what a comeback but I've decided the last three weeks that I've won on the spin I've decided that in all of those I didn't trash talk beforehand so I think that's my uh, that's my key You've to winning week in week out I might have gnawed that one up already but yeah nine, 9 all on game weeks 27 all between me and James on points difference alright well it is Will versus James Tom is in the studio but Tom if you know it you can you know maybe share that or if they don't get it who knows <laughs> but as the clues the cl- uh, we're going to give you three players five clues the clues get progressively easier if you think you know the answer shout out Will will do seven shout outs before James does one doesn't mean he's right but he will get there eventually this is player number one played for five London clubs I swear this is the first clue every single week (laughs) seems like it doesn't it clue number two joined West Ham for 1.5 million clue number three scored on his return to Upton Park with his new team Bobby Zamora that is incorrect. Conchesky? That is correct. Oh, and it is 1 no. 0 to Wolfie. <laughs> Unbelievably. He's, well. he's, well. oh, he's it, got the rebound. Yeah, it, oh. what a counter attack. Normally, it is Will who throws it out first. James decided to step in, but it is Will who not only takes the lead tonight, takes the lead overall. God, for what a brief a strike amount of time. That was. Will, if we're talking history, when was the last time you led in this competition? You know what, Charlie? That's, that's, was... a, that's a 30 yard scream in that. Oh, that's pretty <laughs> no, good. it's a tapping counter. No, and honestly, I was thinking this, and unless I won in the very first week, mm. this You've is the led. first time I've led all season. Because it was it was one all. I remember it being one all. Then yeah. you took it to four one, and I got it to four all, and then uh, yeah. So unless I was I won the very first week, which I can't remember back in. Well, you're only leading currently. James, as you well know, there are still two players. You can win tonight. Will is after a win, not just a point there, but he is 1-0 up. Player number two, clue number one. Signed for West Ham in 1993 for 250,000. Clue number two. Sent off on their debut against Newcastle. Clue number three left for Crystal Palace in 1995, which saw Ian Dowie come back to West Ham. Scored six goals in total. Clue number five, your final clue for this player. Played as a striker. Jesus. Have a recap. We'll give you a quick recap. Clue number one, signed for West Ham, 1993, 250k. Sent off on debut against Newcastle. Left for Crystal Palace, 1995. Saw Ian Dowie come back to West Ham. Scored six goals in total. Played as a striker. Matthew Rush? Incorrect. Tom has also had another guess that is incorrect. 
That's a difficult Who one. Who was your guess? Chapman. Mm, good shout. No, it's a shout. Can we bank this one? Gonna, we're going to bank it. it. We're going to bank it. it and go on oh. to player number three. This one is a truly finger on the buzzer. Clue number one. Played over 150 games for West Ham. One time hammer of the year. Two spells at the club. Captain the club at 21 years old. You're going to get it on this. Joe Cole? That is correct. Boom. And it's 2-0. Ultimately, Will has won tonight. He has taken the lead 10-9 <laughs> overall. And he has got a two-point cushion as it stands. James, do not let this be A, 3-0, B, a whitewash. You need to stay in the points running. This is player two, the one we banked. Clue number one. Signed for West Ham, 1993, 250k. Sent off on debut against Newcastle. Left for Crystal Palace 1995, which saw Ian Dowie come back to West Ham. Mike Marsh? Incorrect. You say that every week. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Scored six... <laughs> Reese would do it next week now. Scored six goals in total. Played as a striker. Need a bit more. Really out of form, man. No, we're going to need some more, I think, Charlie. All right, I don't actually know this player, so I can't give you a clue off the top of my head. Maybe Tom can give you a clue. Tom is laughing. He's still looking for his head. He, he can't give you clues about this West Ham player. I'm sorry, that might be the toughest one I've seen, actually. Really? I'm not gonna okay, lie. the toughest one. As I try to get there. some clues. Initials? Do we do initials? JB. Is JB is the initials. I want to give a clue, but he could be wrong, and I could be really. Nah. This is, this is a difficult one. Reese has yeah. really pulled one out of the bag here. Is Dutch, was born in the Netherlands, is currently 39 years old. Is Dutch? Did have. Oh, uh, you're in Burra. That is correct. Yeah, that's a beauty. That, and James, you needed that. But Will Pugh is tonight's winner of 2 1. But James did get a consolation point there. And that was, you're, again, another player, Reese likes throwing these ones in. I've never heard that name in my entire, whole entire life. Who, what was really? his name? I, what I, was his name? Yeah, yeah, is yeah. it Yeurenburra? Yeah. Yeah, I'm glad oh, you said on. it. Cool. I mean, no, it is correct. Yurenbora, Yurenbora. Yeah. The pronunciation yeah. is key, Re isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Reese does this. You mean Reese does this, and I think, I don't know how to pronounce it. I emailed him, and he said, don't worry, they'll get it before <laughs> before you need to say it. Luckily, cheers, James. Never yeah. heard of Euron Bohr in my whole entire life. Yeah, it did have spells at Portsmouth, West Bromwich Albion, Palace and Southend as well. Actually, uh, 75 games for Southend, scoring 25 goals. Did he? Mm. We could do with him now. <laughs> <laughs> 39, could get a game. Yeah, never heard of him. Never heard oh, of him. Actually, oh, one of, one, someone's just tweeted in and gone, it is, it's Bora. He's also... Dead. Passed away. Yeah, I've yeah. just seen that, and I feel oh, really yeah, bad. Passed now, away. Yeah. I mean, I was going to say that, but um, Lewis John beat me to it. Mm. No, mm. not good. Not Apologies good. there. Yeah, we we didn't know yet. But uh, nine all turns into ten nine on game weeks to William Pugh. That is four weeks running, James. Um, what are you feeling mentally at the moment? No, if I'm honest, uh, I was. <laughs> you know, it, obviously it's, it's been a tough time for me, but I've, uh, I've that that little goal at the end really sort of give me a little bit of confidence that I can claw this back. Was know? that a bit like a West Ham away performance at Liverpool last yeah, week? Yeah, it's really struggling. I was, I, I'm, mm. I'm really worried about 
the future. Mm. But um, I don't really want to have to buy you a beer. But mm. it's what it is. <laughs> I think it, it, it's coming up. Although it doesn't owe you a Christmas beer, so maybe it is does there an equaliser there? Yeah. Yeah. You're joking. The end of the season, that was the big one. That was more than one Ooh. beer. It was at least five, teasing, I think. Teasing, teasing, teasing. Right, well, here it is. Well, it went before then, wasn't it? Mm. <laughs> well, let's quickly, t- let's quickly talk about Arsenal because we didn't actually get your free take on it. Uh, Will, we'll start with you. Arsenal on the weekend, score prediction, and how will it play out? Um... <clears throat> I'm not sure, really. <laughs> okay. not sh- no, it's just one of those. I, I think, I think we've got enough about us to to get something there. I do just think they have a lot of the ball, and they will have a lot of the ball at the weekend. Let's get that straight now. And I just think they they pummel enough, enough, enough. And I think the central defenders have got a mistake in them. They get the ball in that area quite a lot. And if you've got two decent centre halves against, excuse me, against Arsenal, I think you have a chance. But I reckon we'll score because we've obviously got a bit of confidence in us and I'm going to go that we will nick a one-all. A one-all. Tom, you've, you've been well rested for the last 10 minutes or yeah. so. What do you make of the contest with Arsenal and the, on the hot seat Arteta on the weekend? Well, mate, he needs a win, to be fair. Um, I mean, we've got, we've, like Will said, we've got a chance. I think we'll go there and score a goal. It depends how long we can stay solid at the back and through the midfield. But I do think Arteta will get a much-needed win. And you'll probably beat us 2-1, something like that. 2-1. We've got a chance. I just don't know which way either. Honestly, mm. I think a team will win it, but I think it'll be very close and it'll be one in the last five, ten minutes. James, because momentum's so massive at the minute for West Ham, you know, even if they go on the weekend, they get a point against Arsenal at the Emirates and they can continue what they've built from Southampton, if they get really badly beaten or they lose the game, how much does it set them back to where they were, you know, maybe even before the Liverpool game? I don't think it sets us back if we lose. It's a game that we would have looked at a couple of weeks ago and gone that's going to be a tough game uh, even with Arteta under pressure um, <laughs> um, so I don't think it sets us back I mean essentially over the last four or five games we've done exactly what we kind of expected us to do you know we lost at City and Liverpool we beat some Hampton at home no one really expects us to go to Arsenal and get anything um, apart from me I reckon we're going to go there and win 2-1 2-1 James he's gone for a 2-1 yeah, I really fancy it mm. no more Desmonds for me this no season no more Desmonds just a, a 2-1 win Really nice Jared Bowen winner. Oh, I like that. I'll take it. You don't look, Will doesn't look too too impressed. No, similar to my two one in the quiz just now or Yeah, very similar. Oh. Yeah, thirty yard screen at the beginning. <laughs> yeah. And then just nick it at the end. And a horrible consolation. Yeah, yeah. At the end. Well, yeah, James yeah. is fight, <laughs> fighting to hold on to your lead. James, you need you need a, you need a result. It's not been good form at the minute. But maybe you like West Ham. They turn it around. Can you turn it around uh, next week when we play the game again and when we're back to discuss not only the Arsenal game but everything else that is happening around the Hammers? Well, this was the West Ham fan show with We Are West Ham. James Jones, Will Pugh, and Tom Edwards. We will be back at the same time next seven on Love Sport Radio uh, next week at seven on Love Sport Radio. We'll see you next Tuesday. Love Sport. Sports Social Podcast Network.